Hey, welcome to the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to listen today. We have a saying in our church, life is messy, everyone is welcome, and anything is possible. So no matter where you're at in your life, we hope that this message brings you some encouragement. Enjoy. The heart is extremely important. In fact, Paul, when he talks about the heart in the book of Ephesians and all throughout the Bible, uh, Paul, when he talks about the heart, is it's, it's a very, um, uh, it, it is about your identity. It makes you who you are, your heart. Why does it make you who you are? Because everything that the heart pumps through your body is eventually going to go to your body and either build your body or take your body. Down. Whatever you are is made up through your heart. We're in the middle of this uh, sermon series in Ephesians chapter 6 where we're talking about the armor of God. Pastor Randall preached last week and talked about the belt of truth. And it's interesting, if you could put up the two verses here on, on uh, the screen, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, I put up two different translations of the same verse. In the ESV, it says this, stand therefore, having fastened on the, say it with me, belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. In the CSB, it says this, stand therefore with truth, like a what? A belt around your waist, righteousness like armor on your chest the two go hand in hand uh, the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness truth and righteousness go together you have to have truth and truth goes along with righteousness um, we talked about earlier that temptation and fear and discouragement doubt pride and depression those are all attacks that the enemy uh, uh, puts on us. And so as we uh, uh, move on from, uh, 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 from the belt of truth into the breastplate of righteousness, I want to show you something that, that, that is very important because righteousness is one of those things that um, is, is a, uh, it's a theological term, right? So what does, what does righteousness mean? When we put righteousness on, what, is, what would be the breastplate of righteousness? Put up the definition there. Grudem defines righteousness as this. The attribute of God whereby he always acts in accordance with what is right and is himself the final standard of what is right. And here's why that definition is so important. The definition of righteousness is so important because I oftentimes, I don't know about you, but I oftentimes define right and wrong myself. I'll give you a simple example. When I'm sitting on the couch and my wife wants to watch America's Got Talent, and I want to watch uh, America Ninja Warrior, my mind goes off of emotion. I say, well, America's Got Talent is ridiculous. American Ninja Warrior is awesome. So therefore, American Ninja Warrior is right. America's Got Talent is wrong. And therefore, off, based off of my emotion, I have now decided what is right and what is wrong? For those of you who have a spouse, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's always a right and there's always a wrong. And oftentimes we base our right and we base our wrong off of what we're feeling. Or even how we're feeling that day. Right, ladies? Okay, never mind. Because <laughs> right can change for you. And I accept that. I'm good with that. Right can always change. Righteousness, though, is not how we're feeling. It is defined by the acts in accordance of what is right and God being the final standard. If God is not the final standard of what is right, 
then it's subjective to whatever you decide in that moment. Well, obviously, things like murder would be wrong. Why? Why is it wrong? There has to be a standard that sets right and wrong and defines it clearly. And so the righteousness of God is so important, and we're going to talk about the breastplate of righteousness. So literally, I, uh, I meant to bring it up on stage while beforehand, I borrowed this armored vest. So you all see this? This is an armored vest. And so I, I was going to have someone put it on, but uh, then they would have to, for the illustration, they have to put it on, take it off, put it on, take it off. But I brought this armored vest, and uh, when Paul is talking about the breastplate of righteousness, he's referring to a Roman soldier, uh, his, his armor. And so the Roman soldier would put on a breastplate over the top of his chest, and it would protect all of the vitals right in this area. So the kidneys, it would protect the heart, it would protect the lungs. But more importantly, above all, it protected the heart. It was supposed to protect the heart from if a spear or something from the enemy pierced that person. It couldn't because of the breastplate that they were wearing. God, or Paul, defines righteousness as what God, as what God defines as right. So the thing that will protect our heart, because the Bible says our heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked, and who can know it? So if you and I are honest with each other and honest with ourselves, we cannot go off of our own emotions because no matter how much you think that you know your heart and no much how much you think you can control your heart, you can't control your heart and can't know your heart according to the word of God, which, by the way, is truth. That's why the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness go hand in hand because righteousness is truth. It is the standard. And so to protect ourselves from making decisions based off of our heart, Paul says we need to put on the breastplate of righteousness to protect it from the enemy. Now, I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a, um, oh, look, there's a pedal board right here. I could literally change the sound. I didn't know that. Sorry, ADD. <laughs> Paul talks about the breastplate of righteousness being the part that protects all of our emotions. If we don't put that on, it has to be one of the first things that we put on because it is so um, uh, uh, dangerous. Or not, the breastplate isn't dangerous. The attacks of Satan. See, this stupid pedal board threw me off. Times and cultures and people change, but God's righteousness never changes. So here is uh, uh, what happens when we are anxious or we're irritable or we are affected by our emotions. It's likely because we're believing a lie about ourselves or about God. And here's the lie that when we are in control or that we have the, or that we have the power within ourselves to overcome evil in this world. So it's only by God's righteousness that we can overcome this attack of Satan. So number one, you can go ahead and take out your worship guys and get your pens out and start to write. Uh, how do we get righteousness? If we know that righteousness is what we need to have, and it's God's righteousness, it can't be our righteousness, in order to protect ourselves 
from the attacks of Satan, how do we get righteousness? Well, number one, righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. Um, if I could explain it this way, that righteousness is a gift. One day, uh, if you uh, have accepted Christ as your Savior, God gave you his righteousness. Um, I, the, the person that I borrowed this from actually took off. The, you can see there's some Velcro. There's a sticker here. And on that sticker was uh, a thing that said sheriff. Okay, And it's a good thing you took it off because everyone knows there's no way that I could be a sheriff. And I wasn't going to put it on anyway. But um, there, he, the, it said sheriff on here. Um, also, when Roman soldiers would put on their armor, their chest plate is what, or their, the breastplate that they were wearing is how the enemy or the people that were around them defined them or knew what side that they were on. So one time, sometime in your life, hopefully, prayerfully, you have accepted Christ as your Savior. In other words, you put your trust no longer in your righteousness. You didn't think, well, man, I could probably do enough good things to go to heaven. I could do enough good things to earn a relationship with God. You had to surrender the fact that your righteousness was never going to be enough and that only God's righteousness was going to be enough. And so the Bible says that it's a gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. And so he's offered us a gift of righteousness one day. And on the cross, he gave us that gift, but we had to one day reach out and take it. And when we took that righteousness, it then defined who we are. We are no longer seen as somebody that would not be a friend of God, but now we are a son or daughter of God. It defines who we are, the breastplate of righteousness. And when you got that gift, when we receive the gift of righteousness, we then have access to the breastplate of righteousness. We have access to it. But here's, here's what, what happens. Is, uh, uh, let me look, at, uh, look with me at Romans 5, verse number 10. It says this. If you can think of it, have it up on the screen. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says this, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. And then one last verse, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. Paul writes this, God save you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is the gift of God. After we receive the righteousness as a gift of God, God only sees us as his son and only sees his righteousness. He only sees that breastplate. We must then put on the breastplate of righteousness every single day. So let me explain that. Because sometimes what happens is we think, after our day of salvation, after we accept Christ as our Savior, that that is the start and the end date to our relationship with God. We don't need to do anything else. Because if we have righteousness, and we have access to the righteousness of God, that's all that we need. We're a Jesus follower. We can call ourselves a Christian. We could even put a little bumper sticker on the back of our car that's a little Jesus fish, and, and we're done. God's going to take care of everything. Life will kind of be messy, but he'll get us through, and everything will be A-OK. -okay. But if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, or been a Jesus follower for any amount of time, you know that there are times where you just feel like you can't go on. You know that there are times that you're like, oh man, I don't know the answer to this one. And oh man, I thought 
that being a Christian was going to mean that everything was going to be okay or that the problems wouldn't affect me emotionally or that I wouldn't get depressed or I wouldn't have anxiety. And then you find yourself in a life is messy moment with anxiety, with an emotion that's overtaking you going, I don't know how to get out of this one. I don't know the answer. And most of that is because we're relying on the past of our relationship with God, where God, now that he sees you as a son or a daughter, yes, that will never, ever change. Once you have accepted the righteousness of God and not relying on your righteousness for a relationship with him, you become a son and daughter. But even though you're a son and daughter, that doesn't mean that the attacks of Satan don't still affect you. So Paul writes in a lot of his writings and says, Not only do you need to put on the righteousness of God for your salvation, but you every day need to die to yourself and your own power and put on his righteousness. Which brings us to point number two. Point number two is this. We must put the righteousness of God on. Chris, can I borrow you for a second? Can you hop up here? I knew that you'd love to do this. Yeah, come on right up here. This is my buddy Chris and I. We're in the same small group together. Um, He's much taller than I am. And uh, much bigger than I am. And so this, uh, this vest right here was made for somebody more your size. And so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and just hold the vest for, for a second. This is the front. Yep. And this is the back. So Chris, one day, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I was, we were in the same small, I think we were in the same small group together when you accepted Christ. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, got baptized a year ago. A year ago. Yep. Um, And so Chris and I are buddies. One day he accepted Christ about a year ago and got the righteousness of God. So when God sees Chris, he doesn't see Chris Nye the sinner. When God the Father sees Chris Nye, he sees that Chris Nye is is the sheriff. Yeah, exactly. That Chris Nye has the righteousness of God. And so if Chris were to meet God right now and God were to say, "Why, why should I let you into heaven? He would say, well, I have the righteousness of your son, Jesus Christ. But then on earth, while he's going throughout his day, while he's at work, while he is in a battle with his wife, uh, just kidding, but hey, it can happen. Uh, And whenever you're in those type of a battle and you're in a battle with your family, battle of a relationship at work, you have to then not just have access, not just know what team you're on, you need to put the uniform on. You got to put the breastplate on. So Chris, go ahead and put that on. I have my hand on a mic, so I can't help you. Otherwise, I would, I'm hoping this fits him. Oh, man. All right. Give Chris a hand. That was great. Yeah. Here, let me help you. There we go. So, uh, by the way, I was told that this uh, breastplate has um, uh, ceramic, ceramic in it. So, can I, like, hit it? Yeah? Did that hurt? <laughs> oh, it worked. All right. We thought about... Um, Never mind. I was going to say, take it again. That would have been horrible. Okay, I'll just move on. See what I'm talking about with the censoring? So when Chris puts on the righteousness of God, is that, would you say that's more comfortable for you than not wearing it? Which is more comfortable? Not wearing it, right? Yeah, I think I gave an illustration a couple weeks ago. I used to uh, work in the woods when I was a teenager and cut and split and deliver firewood. And whenever the boss was away, I'd take my chaps that were uh, Kevlar that protected my legs off because they were really uncomfortable. 
I was wearing jeans. It was like 95 degrees. And so I was getting all like sweaty on my leg. So I took them off. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I've never one time cut my leg. It ain't going to happen. And so I took it off. And then I saw him coming back. I could hear the, uh, the, uh, the, oh man, what would they call it? The long thing that pulls, you guys don't know. You didn't live in Maine. It was a machine that took wood and like cut it down and like pulled it. Skitter. It was a skitter. And so I would hear the skitter and I'm like, oh man, his name was Michael Jordan too. Isn't that cool? That was my boss's name. Um, and he pulled this, uh, all these, this wood out and that would be for me to cut, split, and, and, and then eventually deliver. And so I would quickly go put my chaps back on. We came one time, I put my chaps back on. Five minutes later, I took on accident the um, chainsaw and I just laid it on my leg while it was running. Didn't even think about it because it was starting to get heavy. And it tore into that Kevlar, pinched my leg real bad. And I remember thinking to myself, I didn't have that armor on. Without even thinking, all of a sudden, my life just would have changed completely. And so here's what happens. Wearing God's righteousness is a little uncomfortable. It's not fun to do. It's not fun every morning to get up and get into the word of God and say, I'm going to die to myself. And instead of living on what I think is right, I'm going to live on what God thinks is right. I'm not going to let my emotions guide me. God, would you guide me this morning? It's uncomfortable. It's not fun. But what happens is the enemy, when he attacks, you don't know when that attack is going to happen. We think we do, right? We think, oh, I've got this. I don't need to wear the life preserver. Ah, how many times have I fallen over this boat? None. But the one time that you're not thinking about it is the one time that it happens. So Chris it's great that he has access to the righteousness of God. <laughs> so much fun. It's great that he has access to the righteousness of God, but unless he puts on the righteousness of God every single day, he's exposing his emotions, his heart, his identity, who he is, and he's relying on himself. And that may be good for one day. It may be good for two days. And you may not think, man, this is not affecting me at all. But then when the season comes and life gets messy and all of a sudden emotions run high and you're like, how do I get out of this? What's going to happen? We better hope that we have God's righteousness and that we're depending on that. Thanks, Chris. You can go ahead and take that. Here, let me, let me help you out. There we go. Look at that. That would have been a whole lot easier the first time, wouldn't it? Okay. Let's see. Yeah. All right. Almost seemed inappropriate. You just leave it right there. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Here is what that breastplate does when we put it on. When we put on God's righteousness, and just in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go step by step of what that looks like. Put on the righteousness of God. How do we do that? But first, this is what the righteousness of God gives us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says this. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God and his righteousness. Truly righteous and holy. And I want you to underline that in your Bible or circle that or write that down in your worship guide. Truly righteous and holy. It does this. It gives us confidence. You ever walked into a situation without any confidence? I have. This gives you confidence. Number two, it gives you protection. It gives you protection against any doubt that Satan 
could throw at you. And then number three, it gives you this. It gives you ability. The ability to do right. And not just right from what you and I think is right, but right from what God wants you to do. Number three, this is how we're going to break it down on how we become righteousness. How do we put on the righteousness of God? Righteousness is this. It's the fruit of the Spirit. If we look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24, it says this. Um, the phrase there, uh, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Truly righteous and holy. You guys tired in this culture of things not being true or authentic? Have you ever, have you ever been drawn to a person because of their authenticity? Have you ever had a friend before where they're just maybe kind of an acquaintance or a friend, and then they open up or you open up to them and say, man, I'm going through a hard time, or hey, I made a mistake, or hey, I'm struggling with this. And because of that authenticity, it grew your relationship and grew how close you were with that person. Why? Because we are longing, especially in this culture, for realness, for something true, something that's actually right. I believe 100% that our American culture is tired of trying to create right. You look at the political climate. Everyone's got an opinion, and you better not put it on Facebook because someone's going to let you know how much they disagree with it. Why? Because we're all, and that's why the war goes back and forth, right? Well, this is not right because of blah, 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 blah. And this isn't right because of this, this, this. Oh, yeah, but if you do this, this. And all of a sudden it becomes a war of who's more right than the other person. Like four weeks ago, my wife and I were having a our conversation. conversation. <laughs> and in the middle of it, we both kind of were like, wait, what are we doing? We were basing the rightness of how right we were based off of the emotion that we were feeling. So here's what happens when we put on the righteousness of God. The emotions don't go away. The life is messy, doesn't go away. But we're able to walk through the messiness. We're able to walk through the emotions. And while Satan is attacking us with every single emotion he could possibly do, it's hitting the breastplate of righteousness and it's not affecting our heart. Our heart's protected. It's uncomfortable to do what God says is right instead of what we think is right, but it always protects our heart. I wish, if I showed a raise of hands, I would think most hands would be up. I wish I could go back in time from when I made decisions in my life based off of my heart and change the way I was thinking because in that moment I thought for sure I was right but I wasn't basing that right off of the righteousness of God and I wasn't letting God guide me. So this is how we make those decisions. Ephesians 5, 9 says, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. 
Paul is speaking of the fruit of the Spirit. So I would challenge you this week to read through the fruit of the Spirit because it protects the heart, which is our most vital part of our body. It protects our reputation. It protects our identity. So this is how we do that. Number one, we have to stop trusting in our own armor. You know you have a rib cage, right? That rib cage protects your heart. But your rib cage was never designed to withstand an attack from the enemy. We have a built-in mechanism to find out what is right, what's morally right, what's morally wrong. But our own power is never good enough to make that decision. So the first thing we have to do is we have to realize that. And not just realize that, we have to surrender to that. We have to understand that when we think something's right, there's a really, really, really good chance that we're wrong. And you know what that takes? That takes putting our pride down and saying, God, every morning, every day, God, I am dying to myself. I'm not going to trust in what I think is right. I need you to guide me. I need it. Like, like church, please hear me out. Like, I'm talking like desperately need it. Like understanding that even though we don't see the enemy that wants to attack you and wants to attack me, there is a real enemy that's out to get you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He'll do anything he possibly can. He's going to throw every amount of emotion, everything that's oppressive at you to try to get you to bend and break. And the only way that you're going to protect yourself is to realize you can't face it. You can't, you can't do it on your own. You need the righteousness of God. So step one is you've got to realize that you are not enough. And then number two, live in the fruit of the Spirit. Ask God that your actions would be made up of His righteousness. So there's your prayer. And there's your getting in the Word of God. And then number three, live to be a child of God. Real quickly, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1 says this. It says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you made a decision or would like to know more about us, you can connect with us at hamiltonhillschurch.org or via social media at Hamilton Hills Church. Also, if our church has impacted you in any way and you would like to make a donation, you can do so by going to hamiltonhillschurch.org slash give. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Hamilton Hills Church Podcast.